0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this morning. I'd love to be able to say um, it's great to see you all, but I, I can't see you all. But no doubt, it's, um, we're still a part of uh, a church family when we unite together to, uh, to pray, to sing, to glorify our God, and share in communion with one another. So um, this morning, we're going to continue on with our series on money, gift, or God. And this morning, uh, the title, if you like, is Does God Need Our Money? Uh, ultimately, we, um, we're going to be looking at uh, a biblical understanding on generosity. So before we launch into that, I think we need to pray and um, ask God for his guidance, the Holy Spirit for his leading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come here this morning Uh, and commune together in worship and in song, to sit and reflect and put aside things of this week that's built up and to focus on your love, the Lord Jesus, the price that you paid so that we might have life. Lord, I just pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts that we be convicted by your word as we read. Um, And Lord, may we be a testimony in how we can live out this biblical generosity. Lord, impact us today, we pray. Amen. Well, if you'd like to grab your Bibles, I'd love you to turn with me with Mark chapter 13. Now, there's a a few passages which we're going to look at this morning. They're all going to be building on this biblical generosity to further our understanding, to deepen our appreciation for how we are to be generous with our money and generous towards one another. Uh, But before we jump into that, I just wanted to step back a little bit to understand some things that we need to be wary of. Because some of the stuff we're going to read today is going to be very impacting for us. It has been for me and no doubt it will be for you as well. Why is that? And I think it's because money's a touchy subject. Money's something that at times we don't like to talk about, we feel threatened to talk about, or it's just that private little matter that's just for us to deal with and no one else to have input into. Well, this morning, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit's going to have input into this this morning. And that's what we've prayed for, and that's what I've been praying for for myself this week as I've journeyed through and battled with some more appreciation on biblical generosity. So when I said we're going to step back a little bit, I want us to step back and recognise that at some point in our life, if, if you've given your heart to Christ some stage in your life you've made a decision and I've made a decision they're going to put Jesus as Lord of my life. So for me to put Jesus as Lord of my life there's various aspects in my life whether it be my relationships, whether it be my work, whether it be my finances, these are all aspects of our lives that we're saying that we're going to hand over to God. But in reality some areas of our lives or some aspects of our lives are sometimes a little bit easier to hand over And finances and money and assets are something that we can struggle with. Why do we struggle with that? Why do we struggle to hand over that aspect of our life to God's leading? Well, there's one thing that sort of came to mind this week for me anyway, and that was the fact that I believe that the devil has given all of mankind a lie. And for us, he's given us many lies, but for us in particular in the area of money, for the Christian, and even for the non-Christian, is that money, assets, possessions, Satan tells us that gives us security, that gives us hope, and that gives us peace or joy. In reality, for the Christian, we know that that's not true, but we battle with that within ourselves. So this is this point where I want to step back a little bit and say, well, hang on, before we launch into these passages, I'd unpack a little bit about biblical generosity. We're gonna realise the setting that we're dealing with. The setting that we're dealing with is is Satan, in our human nature, is gonna work against wanting us to hand over these aspects of our lives, in particular, generosity. So how do we battle against that? Well, as I mentioned, we gave our life to Christ at some stage. When we give our life to Christ, we desire to make him Lord of our life, in every aspect of our life. So this morning and this week, I've been praying for myself and for everyone who's listening in, that the Holy Spirit will be convicting us as we read these passages today. These passages may be impacting, they may be more impacting for some people than others, they may be impacting on different levels, but I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you today. How are you going to respond? How am I gonna respond? Let's read. So grab Mark chapter 13, um, sorry, Mark 12, I should say, and um, verse 41. This is an example, uh, one of the very early examples where we see Jesus talk about biblical generosity, if you like. He has uh, an occasion here where a poor widow gives all that she has. Let's read verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting in their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worthy of only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples over, Jesus said to him, them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. How could it be that this woman gave more than everyone else? I could imagine coming into the the treasury, into one area of the temple courts with people pouring money in. You could probably hear the sound of money. You could probably hear the sound of produce being delivered and kept um, as they're tithing, as Aaron spoke about last week. But here Jesus brings to light with his disciples, see what this woman is doing. She's giving more than the others, and even out of her poverty. So what did she give more of? Well, I think we're going to see a common theme through each of these small passages. And for me, what she gave more of here was sacrifice. She gave more sacrifice than any of the others. See, if I was was to title this little passage, these couple of verses, for me, it would be God wants our heart, not our capacity. He, He noted, Lord Jesus noted the not so much the capacity in that the poor widow gave because really in a monetary sense she didn't give much at all but she gave from her heart, she gave her all and her sacrifice was great. Her sacrifice is great for the Lord. So how do we have a life where we are willing and able to sacrifice that much? Was well, a life built on faith, faith in God's provision to sustain We're going to look into that a little bit more, but I do want to leave you with a question. I'm not going to answer it right now because I'm God willing, the Holy Spirit's going to answer it for you throughout the sermon this morning. Why does God love to see us give sacrificially? Why do you think that? Why does God love to see us give sacrificially? Remember, this woman gave more than any others, even though it wasn't much, even though it was virtually nothing, Jesus noted that she gave more She gave from her heart, and Jesus wasn't interested in the capacity that she could give. Turn with me now, and we're going to look a bit more about sacrifice, and even more about faith to underpin that sacrifice, and um, I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, and uh, we should find ourselves parked in about uh, chapter 8. 2 Corinthians, chapter 8 and right at verse one. Okay, so we've looked at this poor widow and her offering, and her offering was more, Jesus said, than anyone else. So there was a degree of sacrifice that was beyond imagination. Second Corinthians, chapter eight, let's read. And now, brothers, we want you to know, this is Paul writing here, about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in his service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord than to us in keeping with God's will. So here we see another deepening aspect, if you like, we're starting to grow further in our understanding of biblical generosity, because we see here also to biblical generosity extending to the fellowship, a unity of fellowship in their giving from one church to another church or another people in need. But more importantly than just the, the giving again, and more importantly than the amount, we see, we see the heart. And in verse one, it's a bit of a giveaway how, how, um, how these people, how the, the church in Macedonia were able to give at this level out of poverty. And it says, we want you to know about the grace that God has given. The grace that God has given. Earlier on, right at the beginning of the sermon, I mentioned that we had to take a step back and we had to realise what perspective Uh, is is assisting us with our generosity, with our biblical generosity and that's our heart being open to the Holy Spirit's leading. These people were open to the Spirit's leading, these people were open that this ability to give in this way was not not human nature. Our human nature cannot comprehend to give sacrificially like this. So it's really God who enables, it's really God who persuades, the Holy Spirit who persuades our heart. This is how they were able to give at this level. So God gave them the grace to operate like that. Verse 2, even in the most severe trial, they're overflowing joy. Earlier on, I mentioned that one of Satan's lies about money, assets and possessions is they give it gives us joy and it gives us peace and it gives us security. Well, it, it doesn't. Here it is, these people had nothing. This church had nothing. They were in a severe trial as well, and yet they wanted to give and they gave in joy. They had joy overflowing. They had extreme poverty and still had joy when they gave. They weren't considerate of themselves. They were considerate of the purpose that God wanted to do with that money. They were considerate of God's leading in their lives and how they were to use their money generously. And of course, he continued to say it welled up with rich generosity. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond. I mean, that's not something that we can really cope with in our own humanity, can we not? How, how easy it is for us this, to mathematically work out the metrics of how much I need, how much I need up to store up for now and for later, and then sort of come up with what's left over for God. What I like about what Aaron unpacked a little bit last week with tithing is the fact that it was something that people considered to set aside first. So there's this consideration but before we even use our money, before we even delegate where our money goes, God has his portion first. How great is that? God has his portion first. And these people, whatever portion they had left, they were still giving over to God because God gave them the grace and ability to do that. If we're thinking, well, I can't act in that way. I can't give that generously. I can't give out of my poverty. Be rest assured that it's the Holy Spirit's leading, that God will give you the grace and give us the grace to be able to operate in that way for his glory. Let's keep reading. Okay, a little bit further down, they saw it as a privilege to give. Not often we see it as a privilege to give money, but isn't that amazing? They saw that it's, it's a way that they just desire to give for the Lord's, the Lord's work. You know, um, I don't know about you, but if you consider your tithing, your giving, whether it's a local church here or maybe your own local church, um, maybe missionaries that you support or um, people locally that you may support who are engaged in ministry, see it as a privilege. See it as an an honour to be able to support them to support something with kingdom values. What else did we read here? So, not only do they recognise the privilege to share in that service, they didn't do as they were expected. They first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us, in keeping with God's will. I think this again underlines what we see both in what the widow did with her giving and what the Church of Macedonia did. They gave everything, the sacrificial process to biblical generosity. There's also an understanding that God looks upon the heart, not about the capacity of the giver, okay? It's not the volume of the money that we give, it's the heart in which we give it. And the fact is, when it's the heart in which we give, it's the fact that we're listening to the Holy Spirit and he's prompting, because some may be prompted to give differently to others, We're going to read about that a little bit further in our next passage. So we read that they gave themselves first to the Lord. So they were putting the Lord first in their life. It's what we spoke about right at the beginning. Before we even dive into biblical generosity, we need to have this step back and have this perspective, the fact that God is Lord of our life. We're going to put Jesus first in our life, in all aspects of our lives. And this doesn't exclude our finances. In fact, our finances are at the forefront because it's our first fruits that we want to give to God for his kingdom purpose. So they gave themselves to the Lord and in keeping with God's will. Have you ever been prompted by the Holy Spirit to be giving in line with God's will? Have you wrestled with that? Have you wrestled with the sense of inability to be able to give at that level? Well, I encourage you to listen to what God is saying to your heart. To give sacrificially, to be generous, generous sacrificially, because this is underpinned by our faith. Let's look at that a little bit more. but just remember that this is God's leading. it's God's grace that gives us the ability, not our own. Shoot across with me to um, chapter nine now in second Corinthians. I'm going to drill down a little bit more now. So, we've looked at the widow and her offering where she gave everything she had. It was a reminder that God was wanting her heart, wanting our heart, not our capacity to give. The passage that we just went through, we were reminded of the fact that God gives us grace, God gives us ability. And in the process here, it's about God's will, it's about listening to God and acting on that prompting. Now, in verse uh, verse 6, we're going to start with in, in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. Let's read with me. Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Just stop there for a second. I've got a little note in my Bible that's been here for a very, very long time. I think I might, might have spoken at a camp years ago when I was probably 18 or 19 and I've got here, God doesn't hold back. And I thought that's something that an 18 or 19-year-old would say. You know, there's not a lot of biblical content there, guys. But It's really, that's that's the truth. Paul's saying to the Corinthian church here, you know what, God doesn't hold back. If you want to sow sparingly for the fact of your own fear or your own desires to hang on to things, well, you'll get back sparingly. But if you so generously look out, God does not hold back. God will provide. Uh, A lot of this fear that we have with our giving is based on our own security. But isn't that the whole point of giving our life to Christ? Right. I said right at the beginning, we give our life to Christ, we open up our life to him for his leading, his will, and obviously acting in, in line with his will, particularly when we're talking about giving generously, and particularly when we're talking about acting out what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. So here we are reminded that, by the way, God doesn't hold back. If you're feeling led to give in a way that is uncomfortable, be prepared that God is going to provide and make a way. So let's look at the next verse here. So not only is he going to give generously to us, each man should give what he's decided in his own heart. Here's this word again, in his own heart. How how do you decide matters in your own heart? What leads you? Is it your own ability to provide for yourself, or your family, your own situation? Does that that, uh, compromise the decisions you make when it comes to biblical generosity? When you decide things in your own heart, who's at the forefront of your heart and your thinking? Is it Jesus? Is it something of kingdom values? Or is it something to value at ourselves, our own security, our own joy? Here, Paul reminds the Corinthians that we have to decide in our own heart to give. So if I'm deciding in my own heart how much to give generously, I need to be stopped, consider and be prayerful about what the Holy Spirit is laying in my heart. And you do the same. Stop, consider, and be prayerful about what the Holy Spirit is leading you to give, and how to give, and to how much. Because remember, biblical process with generosity, sacrifice, faith. God will provide. God will make a way. Decide in your own heart to give, but depends who's in control of your heart. Keep that in mind. So don't give reluctantly. Or under compulsion, when I think about the widow, I I sort of read that verse, those couple of verses, and thought maybe she gave out of compulsion. You know, Tithing was a big thing, maybe there was peer pressure, but she gave everything. I don't believe Jesus would have said to the disciples, hey, come over here and look at this lady, look how much she's given up. She's given more than everyone else. I don't believe she gave out of compulsion. She gave out of the right heart that God was leading her. So don't give out a compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's not give reluctantly. Let's not consider our generosity as something that we do begrudgingly. God does not want that. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, you will have all you need. See, God is the great provider. God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is calling upon each one of us to give generously in certain ways, whether to be regularly, whether to be uh, randomly when the Holy Spirit prompts us about a missionary family or a couple or someone that we know is in need. God gives us the grace. But what's our relationship with God like? What's our relationship with Jesus like? What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Are we listening? Are we asking for ways where we can act generously? God gives us the grace and he gives us all that we need. He doesn't give us all that we greed. It gives us all that we need. So you will abound in every good work. So the point that I take out of this section is I was just reminded of that um, who directs my heart? And I ask you the same question. What directs and who directs your heart? Is it yourself or is it the God that you love? It's the Holy Spirit lead you in ways, do you listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting? Or do you quench that when it comes to being generous towards others, being generous towards kingdom purposes, with our finances, with our assets, with our time? What do we be generous about? Let's not do this out of compulsion. Let's be cheerful. Just want to cross with me now, I want to go back and give you a bit more of understanding. If you want to turn to Malachi Chapter three and verse 19. Somewhat supports the nature or the reminder of God being our great provider. That just when we read there back in Corinthians, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Remember God doesn't hold back. Well, let's look at Malachi chapter three. And about um, verse verse eight, we'll go to verse eight. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. This is Malachi speaking, the word of the Lord. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse at the whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Bring your whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this." Hang on, God is saying, test me in this. Quite often we think as a Christian, oh, we're not allowed to put God to the test. Let's not take this out of context. God is saying, test me in this. If you give sacrificially, if you do what I ask of you, whether it's through the Holy Spirit's leading and listening or what we see in God's word with tithing, God won't hold back. Try me out. He loves you. He loves me. He doesn't want to see us destitute. Because he reminds us throughout his word that if we give according to his will, and we've already read that, the Macedonian church put God first and God's will first, and they gave out of their poverty. They put that to the test. And God will put God supported them. So it says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room to contain it. This is what a loving God is. He's saying that if we're listening to what He is asking of us, if we're acting generously in our biblical giving, in our heart for the church, in our heart for the kingdom values that our, our missionaries leave this country to go and achieve, that people who minister here locally try and achieve, that we as a church in Raymond Terrace try to achieve through people that we enable to minister and have the capacity to do that through the week. Guys like Tim and Chris and, and, and Aaron and others, test me, Oh Lord, I'm thinking. Put me to the test, Lord's saying. He wants to provide when you give. Why is it the fact um, when we put Lord to the test like this and he provides, what do we gain? What do we learn out of this sacrificial giving? It strengthens our faith, does it not? Faith is a key part of this biblical generosity. There's the key themes that run through each of these passages. We see sacrifice, we see faith, and we see joy as well. Next time when we consider giving next time when we're considering the fact that how much does our lord jesus want to for us to participate in am i giving sacrificially am i giving out of my faith and realizing that he will provide for me are these things on my mind am i asking the holy spirit to really put me under the pressure of how much will i sacrifice today I'd like to close with um, Philippians four. You don't need to turn to it. But I'll read it out with you. Philippians four and verse nineteen. Before I read it, um, I wondered if uh, you could close your eyes, because I want after read this, I want to close in prayer. And the the challenge for me this week and. I feel out in my heart to challenge the rest of our church family and those listening is that where are you at with giving generously where is your standpoint and how you give where is your heart in how you give so if you can close your eyes I'd like to read this verse and then pray pray with you and my God will meet all your needs according to to his riches in glory. Read that again. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do I give God the opportunity to show this? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just ask for your conviction today, Lord. As we have looked at your word, we've considered aspects of biblical generosity We can see the sacrifice that you require of us in this area. We see the fact that you have laid upon the hearts of men and women through hundreds, if not thousands of years to give generously and be assured that you will provide for them. Lord, may that be our prayer. I ask for each one of us who are listening in today, may you be asking the Lord for your direction in your giving. May you be asking the Holy Spirit to open up and challenge each one of us and how we should give, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will not quench the Holy Spirit, we will not grieve the Holy Spirit, that we will act on what you have for us, Lord. We can act on this in faith, in that you're a good, loving God who provides. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.